2: Welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset. I'm so glad you're here with me today. This is just, I think, a really, really fun topic. And, you know, lately there's been so much talk about business owners being and living their brand. Today we're going to take a closer look at what that means. Do you think there's room to improve your personal brand Does the way you dress impact whether or not you make a strong, confident first impression, whether you're on a job interview, speaking with a client, or meeting your future mother in law, whatever it is? Does dressing up or down have an effect on your self confidence? You know, some people would argue that you should never judge a book by its cover. Um, And some feel that first impressions are formed based on appearances and therefore they're very, very important. Today we're going to take a look at both sides of that issue and see if there's room for you to improve your personal brand and image and why it is important or not, and what it would take to improve your image, even on a tight budget. Certified image consultant and personal brand strategist, Margaret Batting, helps people enhance their professional image and personal brand so that they can achieve success. She's recognized as a communications expert, an image and fashion advisor, a wardrobe planner a personal stylist and inspirational motivated motivator and margaret recently even led an oprah Goes corporate style business makeover with leading women of southern new england helping to transform images and lives of these rhode island business women how fun is that margaret welcome to the million dollar mindset
1: thank you i'm so excited to be on your show marla
2: Oh, This is just so much fun. I just love this topic. Love it, love it, love it. So Margaret, talk to us a little bit about personal brand. Is it something that only business owners need to be concerned about? And, and what does it mean? We're hearing a lot of buzz about that topic lately. What exactly does that mean?
1: Well, you know, it's not just uh, business owners. It's really everyone. When you think about it, you know, you think about the biggest biggest brands out there. Nike is a big brand. Um, Coca-Cola is a big brand. And certain images come to mind when you think of those companies. Well, these days, in an effort to really set yourself apart, you know, across the competition, not only in business, but when you're an individual in an organization, it's a great opportunity for you to really brand yourself, what you really want to be known for in your industry, not only from an accomplishment and and talent and skill perspective, but also your overall what I like to call your visual presentation. So it it is really important because you want someone to look at you and say, I know exactly what that person does and what they represent.
2: Mm Hmm. And so let's let's talk a little bit about the, the flip side of that coin, because you will hear people say, oh, come on, you know, you, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. I mean, why does uh, what you wear really matter? People shouldn't be judged by what's on the outside. You know, you need to take the time to take a look on the inside. Now, personally, I kind of feel like that that uh, comes from people who, are, who perhaps aren't feeling um, 100% about the way that they look. And so it's a defensive line to take sometimes, I think. But I could be wrong. Tell me what your
1: thoughts are. Well, I, I think there are people who, who believe it's superficial. But again, it's really an underrated opportunity. Um, it's human nature. Do you, you know, when you go shopping or if you're in the airport, do you people watch?
2: Oh, absolutely! I love to people watch.
1: I I do it too. And what do you do when you're pe- when you're people watching?
2: You make you know, up stories
1: in your head about yeah, these people, right? I,
2: well, yeah. I just I I enjoy the behavior. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. and kind of try to guess what the person may do, right? I always do that. I try to think about what they're doing. Well, that's what's happening to all of us every single day. People are making up stories about us in probably 7 to 17 seconds, probably even less than that. So they're they're making up their own little story about you, whether you like it or not. It's human nature, and that's never going to change. So my philosophy is if people are going to do that anyway – I want to make sure that they're making up the right story. So I have total control over how I'm being perceived out there. So that's why I think it's important. And it's also, you know, you're telling people that you really respect and value yourself. You know, you're taking the time to pull yourself together and really be your best self. And and that's where I come from. I like to start on the inside. Who are you as a person and how do you want to be perceived? And let, then let's figure out how can we maximize what you have and really reflect the best possible you. And I think when people start to understand it from that concept, that it's really not superficial. You're trying to communicate who you are and what you're all about and the tool is your image.
2: Yeah, most definitely. In fact, I just wrote um, my my ink article this morning for Ink Magazine Online, and that was one of the things that I mentioned is... How important it is to change your energy when your energy may not be at its peak and the way that you dress and the way that you perceive yourself when you look in that mirror can really create that state shift, that energy shift.
1: Yes, yes, I would agree with that. And color plays a really important role, too. Um, Color has its own hidden language, and certain colors communicate certain messages. And we all need to be very mindful of them because you may be wearing colors uh, that aren't sending the messages that you really want to be sending. And, And sometimes people can't figure out why people are reacting to them in a certain way. And sometimes it's due to the color that they're wearing.
2: And is it because the color doesn't uh, blend with your personality or your own color palette in terms of your skin and such, or is it an energetic thing?
1: Um, I think it's a combination of those things. Sometimes when you see someone... And you can't quite figure out what's wrong. They're just not looking so good that day. It could be because they're wearing a color that doesn't really complement their natural natural complexion. Um, but some other things could happen too. Like, for example, browns. Um, browns tend to, if if you want to, if you want someone to to tell you everything about them or tell you everything that's wrong in their life, wear brown because they will unload on you. Uh, conversely, if you want to appear very strong and a little intimidating, you could wear red or black.
2: Ooh, the, the power colors. The power
1: colors. And then, you know, purple send another message, blue send another message. So, in the different combinations as well. So, it's really, it's very interesting. It's very interesting how... The, the clothes and colors we put on our body really communicate a hidden language.
2: They certainly do. Does that, does that also apply to style? Let's take, for instance, a woman in a, um, a skirt versus a pair
1: of slacks. I think, it, yes, I think it depends. You know, skirts and dresses tend to be more formal than, you know, slacks or, or trousers. Okay, okay. And what about for a guy, for the
2: guys listening out there, Um, you know, casual slacks versus trousers versus uh, collars on the shirt? You know, what kind of uh, advice do you have about that?
1: Well, I think it really depends on the industry people are in. So, you know, everyone thinks business casual is, you know, the khaki pants and the polo shirt. Well, that's really going to be dependent on the industry that you're in and the level that you're at. So, if you want to move up the corporate ladder, you really have to step up the clothes that you're wearing, not only the style of the clothes, but the quality and then the structure of the clothing. So, if you eventually want to be in a more senior level position, like it or not, you need to start wearing a jacket. I don't, I don't think you always have to wear a tie, I think we're starting to get away from that look. But definitely the third piece, whether you're a male or a female, that immediately communicates that you're the person in charge and you're starting to take yourself and your environment and your career a little bit more seriously.
2: And that's important. And, and people don't always necessarily know when they're looking at another individual. Um, oh. Whether or not they're creating an impression of that person, do they?
1: Uh, can, can you can you elaborate oh. a little bit further on that, Marla? Sure. So
2: so if um, if I'm walking down the street and I'm wearing a particular outfit, and someone else is people watching, they're not necessarily aware that they're um, critiquing the outfit. They can just get a general impression based on movement right. and, and and not necessarily looking at the outfit. So I think it's just interesting what subliminal messages your
1: Absolutely. wardrobe can send. Absolutely. And then you get into another, you're, you're tapping into something else there, and that's also the body language. Mm. So, you know, how you're walking, how you're standing, your facial expressions, how you shake hands all of that plays into your overall image and how you're perceived.
2: Yeah, it really does. I have to say the other day I I met a woman who you know when I reached out to shake her hand, she gave me the tips of her fingers and just mm-hmm. let you know <laughs> that was mm-hmm. it. That's all I got mm-hmm. was the tips of her mm-hmm. fingers and a limp arm. And you know, I I have to say immediately my impression of her was, "Oh my gosh, you're weak, you're weak." You know, you're exactly. not strong. Yeah, and I don't know if that's the, the impression that that kind of a lack of handshake would normally give, but that was my impression,
1: weakness. It, it, does. it does, and I get that from men a lot. They, they won't shake uh-huh. my hand very hard. And yes. now because I'm in the business that I'm in, I just tell people. I say, you know what, you need to have a, a firmer handshake because yeah. that's my first impression. I'm going to look at you. You have the facial Um, expression so eye contact and smile and then the handshake and if someone can nail all of that then they're then they've done a super job
2: wonderful well margaret we're going to go into break and we'll talk more about that when we return
1: terrific
0: unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka, and we'll be right back after these. Are you alarmed, anxious, angry, even afraid of what is happening to America? It's time for Grassroots America, We the People. Learn how to get involved in your voting precinct and take back our country. It's time to build unity upon the Constitution and the wisdom of our founding fathers. Grassroots America, We the People. Every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central on TogiNet Radio. Radio with a cutting edge. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on TogiNet. Critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hins, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on TogiNet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka.
2: Welcome back. Thanks for being here with us today. Our guest today is Batting, who received her certifications from the Association of Image Consultants International, the London Image Institute, and the Institute of Image Communications in New York. Uh, Wow. And it says something here, too, Margaret, about the uh, Paris Fashion Institute. So you
1: lived in Paris? I did. I had the opportunity to, to live in Paris for a couple of months, yes.
2: Oh, my goodness. How beautiful. And your website is um, Eleve.com, is that correct? It's actually Eleve. Eleve. Thank you. Eleve. I should have checked yes. with you before the show on that. So it's yes. E-L-E-V-E.
1: Yes, hyphen
2: style.com. Style.com. Beautiful, thank you. So, we were talking about a, a topic that's um, close to my heart, and that is communication and uh, body um, messages that, that you can. And the importance of a good, strong, sturdy handshake. And uh, what other what other kinds of things do people do that they may not realize they're doing? For instance, in a job interview or talking to a prospect, that you can recommend that they kind of check and and take a look at themselves.
1: Um, I think it's important to practice. Definitely, if you're going through the interviewing process, I think it's, it's uh, a great opportunity to practice with a friend or a peer because they'll be able to figure out if you're doing anything like flipping your hair or... Or you may be tapping your pen while you're talking or you may be um, uh, jiggling your your ankle or your leg like many of us do when we get nervous and you can't really pick up on that when you're practicing by yourself so there are so many little nuances of, of body language that it's hard to uh, figure out if you're doing them or not unless you either get videotaped or you have someone help you go through the process. So I always recommend that whether you're, you're working on a uh, presentation or you're working on a pitch with a client or going through the interviewing process, you really need to get a visual view of yourself so then you can kind of figure out what uh, you may need to modify or improve.
2: Yeah, that is really important. And today, a little flip cam, video camera, or even your your phone, your iPhone, or whatever—it's so affordable to do that and um, to videotape your rehearsal. Or I work with some speakers who make sure there's someone in the audience who videotapes their um, their speech. And the things that you see when you when you watch it back are just amazing. That you're unaware of doing these things up there while you're focusing on other things. So you help people then. Uh, In your company, take a look at their presentation style as well as their dress style, their communication style, the whole package it sounds like
1: really the whole package and and that's a great word to use because that's what it is you're the package at the end of the day and you want to make sure the package is is representing your company so you know think of it as like you're the Coke can you want to make sure the Coke can is is in message with the company so I work with individuals one-on-one both men and women I also work with Fortune 500 companies where I go in and I give presentations on professional presence and appropriate business attire. I work with a lot of professional organizations. They'll have me come in and talk to their members on those topics. And then I've had the opportunity to work with Career Builder and travel all over the country and help people who are going through uh, career transitions.
2: And there are a lot of those right now. <laughs> so, there are. Wow. There are. Oh my goodness. So, so tell us a little bit about that. When you know, there are a lot of people in career transition. A lot of people who are uh, also competing with uh, probably hundreds of others for for single job openings. What are some of the things that an individual can do when they're going into a job interview to really stand out from the rest?
1: Well, I think they have to realize that their, their, their appearance and their image does matter. So many of them spend so much time on their resume that they forget that they're the, they're the person in the resume. And you want to make sure that your resume and your image match so that as soon as you walk in the door, the interviewer says to themselves, yes, they look like the role that they're applying for. I think that's very important. And I think it's very important that they do some additional research and really understand the culture and environment that they're going to be interviewing in. So for example, if you're interviewing in for in a bank and you're interviewing for, you know, a mid-level position, that's going to be a lot more formal than, say, if you were interviewing for a retail position in a company that's very Navy fashion-forward. You're going to be wearing completely different outfits. So it's important that you do your research and understand what's appropriate for that particular environment. It's not like it was, you know, 10 or 20 years ago where you could just wear the Navy blue suit to every single interview. Things have changed dramatically. And... You need to do a little bit of extra research and really understand what's expected and what's appropriate. Mm.
2: So, it's been a long time since I've been in a, in a corporate environment work wise. Uh, how formal are those interviews nowadays? I know that, you know, back when I worked for corporate, you did, you wore your best suit, your best whatever. Um, are they still typically very formal?
1: Yeah, I think it's still you need to wear a suit because you want to tell, you know, still the rules of the game are you need to wear interview attire and and most common interview attire is, is the formal suit. So you want to walk in and say, yes, I understand the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit of flexibility there, too. You can infuse your style uh, to a certain degree, again, depending on the culture. Again, if you're in a fashion-forward environment, you want to be very stylish. If you're in a banking environment, then you want to be a little bit more conservative. And then if you're right down the middle, then, you know, you have a little bit more leeway in terms of um, some of the colors that you might wear on your, your blouses and, and some of the shoe choices. Mm-hmm.
2: So this may be a silly question but it's just coming to me so I'm going to ask, um, going into a corporate arena to apply for a job and and let's say you're, you're past the HR person and now you're meeting with the vice president of the company or something like that, is it wise to wear the power colors or can that possibly conflict with that personality who is going to be a power personality?
1: Well, I think you always have to remember, as, a, as you're interviewing, you are not in the power seat. Right. So therefore, you shouldn't wear the power colors. So I would never wear red on an interview. Red is not appropriate on an interview. The safest colors on interviews are the navy blues, the charcoals, um, even black for women to a certain degree. But you, you need to be careful with that because you don't want to look too intimidating. And also, black doesn't look great on every complexion.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look so great on mine. <laughs> so, so Margaret, I'm sure that you've
1: seen it all.
2: What are some of the biggest mistakes that you've seen that, that have really held people back?
1: Um, I think the biggest mistakes are not paying attention to the details. So, for example, anyone can put a suit on, but if the suit doesn't fit you appropriately or it's not really that current, like, you haven't worn it in five years and you pulled it from the back of the closet, things like that can be derailers. So I always recommend buying clothes that fit your body shape and size, and then you need to have them tailored to fit you. You just can't buy it off the rack. It's very rare that you can buy something off the rack and have it fit Perfectly, and most people think tailoring is really expensive, and it's not that expensive for for the return. You know, getting your sleeves hemmed for you know ten to fifteen dollars is definitely worth it. When you think about your hands or assign a sign of capability, you want to make sure they show; they're not covered or that you've rolled up your sleeves. Again, you're showing that you're respecting and valuing yourself. And if you can't spend fifteen dollars to get your clothes tailored, how can you expect someone to give you? A great salary.
2: Yeah, that's so true. I I wouldn't have thought of that. And there was a time when you could go into a Macy's or, well, here in Chicago, it was Marshall Fields, and they would tailor the clothes for you. But I don't see that so much anymore. Um, So are you suggesting people find local tailors and just take the suit in?
1: Yeah, I think finding local tailors, and there's department stores that do do tailoring. I know Nordstrom does tailoring, uh, specifically on full-priced clothing. They don't do it when it's on sale. But if it's a full-priced piece, they do tailoring for free there. Oh. But, you know, your, any of your local tailors, a lot of men's shops have um, local tailors, like a, a Joseph Banks. Always has. They have a tailor, and I think you can. Uh, they usually have them off-site, so you can mm-hmm. just take your tailoring uh, to them. But there, there are lots of tailors around, and you know you can just you know Google and uh, find out in your location, or or ask friends for recommendations.
2: Yeah. And so, we're talking about the affordability of tailing your outfit. Women's clothing, and I'm sure men's suits as well, but obviously women's clothing has gotten extremely expensive. How can women have enough in their wardrobe to support their career, their brand, their style, without breaking the bank or overspending from their paycheck?
1: Well, I think investing in the right pieces initially is really important so you want to invest you want to have fewer items and higher quality pieces and then mix and match everything i'm big into mixing and matching so you buy a suit and then you can break it apart and you can wear the jacket with a number of pants and then you can have a number of tops that go with either the pants or the skirts so i i often recommend that and i often recommend Figuring out when the department stores, say a Nordstrom, a Neiman's, a Macy's, are having their sales on their on the good stuff, not on the stuff that they just want to get rid of. But you know, the retailers are, are having sales quite often on the good clothing. So that's when I will go shopping with my clients and get twenty to twenty five percent off on really great brands and buy the right pieces. Again, that. You, suit them, and have them tailored, and then mix and match, and you really can't go wrong when you follow that strategy, and then purchasing the pieces that you need, like shop your closet first, and then purchase only what you need, you know, have that list, and that way you can manage your budget, and you're not buying, you're not buying impulsively, and you're not buying just because it's on sale. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. That's such a great point um, because I'll do that. I won't look in my closet and I'll think, you know, oh gosh, do I still have a nice pair of black pants? Well, I better buy one just in case, you know. Then mm-hmm. you come home, mm-hmm. you spend an extra $100 that you hadn't had in the budget, um, or you'll forget that you already have the perfect, you know, short sleeve top to go under a suit jacket, something like that. So definitely take that inventory of the closet before going out shopping, which I'm going to do this afternoon. You've inspired me. <laughs>
1: Yes. there were there are so many treasures in your closet that you're probably missing because you've been looking yeah. at it one way and that's one of the things I, I really help my clients yeah. I can go in and quickly see Check oh wow you closet. have you know yeah. three or four and here we
2: are going into another break we'll be back in just a moment with Margaret padding.
0: Get ready to laugh along with this little parent stayed home with Ellie Lopriet. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude. And Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And
2: we're here today with CEO and founder of Elevate. Did I say that right, Margaret? Yes, Yes, we did. <laughs> Elevate Image <laughs> Consulting. And Margaret helps her clients to gain the insider's edge with an improved image. It's so very, very important. So, Margaret, um, I don't know if you can default this, but um, maybe even without names, what are the, some of the most exciting types or the most exciting people that you've had the honor of working with in your career?
1: Um, I've, I've just worked with some amazing people who just are, it have really inspired me. Um, uh, I, I, I don't really know how to describe them. I, I for, I've been fortunate to just attract really high energy successful women and men who really understand the importance that their image has on their career success. And they have been open enough to go through the process and and end up with a fantastic end result.
2: It does. It sounds so much fun and We were talking going into break about taking inventory of the closet and how important that is because we do have little gems in there that we forget about. Um, What kind of process do you go through when you bring a new client on board? Uh, Do you do do a Q&A with them? Do you just go through their closet and get a sense of them? How do you determine who they are and how you can enhance that?
1: Well, I actually take them through a three step process because my background also is process improvement. I had the opportunity to um, do a lot of process work in in my previous career, so i've I've taken some of those tools and applied them to my business. so it's a three step process. So the first step is really that extensive interviewing step where I get to know who they are, what's going on, what their goals are, what their challenges are, how they want to be perceived. And it's really, that's the branding exercise. So we nail down their signature style to the point where we have words that describe it. And that allows us to then go into the closet. Because remember, this is a very emotional process for people. So I like to make it less emotional and more strategic so once you have those words you can go into the closet and then look at the clothes objectively and say do they really reflect the image that you're going for do they reflect these words that we've identified you want to be known for and then we weed through the closet figure out what's missing and what our needs are and then go to the third step which is shopping and locating the pieces that are going to really round out your wardrobe. Some people, I have to start completely from scratch and and build a completely new wardrobe. Most people, I don't need to do that, but, but I've had a couple where I've had to do that, um, which is fun, too. Mm-hmm. So we go through that whole step, so shopping, and then we may do some follow-up work, and that would include, I'd come back and mix and match and create all different outfits and also help them with hair and makeup.
2: Wow. And you said that this is an emotional process now some people may be out there thinking what it's just close it's just close tell us a little bit about that Why? why can it become an emotional process
1: well I think because so many people have um body Image challenges let's put it that way they, they perceive the, themselves a certain way or some people may think oh I you know I, I have bigger hips or I have a larger chest or I need to lose 10 pounds or I just don't like the way that I look so that's that's a a step that we have to overcome and then also people hang on to clothing for a number of reasons uh they think oh i'm going to get back into those pants you know after i had my baby i always wanted to get back into those pants or you know i'm holding on to this from high school or from college for a number of reasons so it it is a really emotional um process to go through. People are attached to their clothing for a number of reasons, because it reminds them of either certain times in their life or to when their body was a certain way, it looked a certain way, and they want to go back to that to that place. So I help them really get comfortable with where they are right now, because anybody can look great at any shape or size. It's a choice. So I help them get comfortable with that and then really highlight what they have now. Wow, you have
2: to have a degree in therapy to do your job as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, the good news about it is I've struggled with a lot of these things as well. You know, I've had those pants that I want to get back into. And then finally I just said, you know what, my body's changed, and that's okay. I can still look terrific. Maybe I just need to change the shape or style of the pant. You know, I'm not going to let you know, five pounds stop me from doing something. And, or, or, you know, even other women, I've worked with 10 pounds, you know, you can have things taken out, you can have them tailored, um, you know, it's, it's just all about feeling and looking your best. Because when that happens, as you know, that's when you attract everything into your life because you're feeling better, and you're feeling confident, and people want to be around you
2: yeah absolutely and you know when someone walks into the room and you can feel that whole energy buzz around them, it's not just the way they're carrying themselves it's you know they're they're probably carrying themselves better because they feel good about the way that they look.
1: absolutely. and earlier today I had a more casual outfit on appropriate for, for working in my home and then I decided, you know what I'm going to be on the radio show, I'm going to dress. <sighs> As though I was being filmed. So if, if people could see me right now on your show, I want to make sure that I'm looking the way that I would normally look when I'm, I'm in a business engagement. And once I put on my outfit, I, I'm going, I'm, I want to go out after this because I love what I have on. <laughs> I feel great. I feel absol- absolutely great.
2: You know, it's funny. um, That was another point in the article I wrote for Inc. this morning is is that, you know, just because you're working at home doesn't mean that you work in your pajamas, that that can be fun at first when it's a novel concept, but that it's smart to get up and get showered and get dressed for work every day. And it does change your energy and it does change, um, you know, the thought that goes into your work because you just feel more motivated, more ready to go, more on top of the world. Um, Absolutely. I know, yeah, and I also feel that too. Unfortunately, I have a hard time wearing my contact lenses anymore. Uh, but mm-hmm. when I do pop them in and go out, I feel so much more empowered than I
1: do behind my glasses. Do you ever run into that issue? Oh, that's interesting. That is uh-huh. very. But uh, but I can I can see that connection because I'm starting to have to wear glasses, and uh-huh. I don't. I like wearing sunglasses, but I don't like wearing regular right. glasses. Okay.
2: Me too, and you know I used to at least be able to wear my contacts when I go go you know out socially, and now it's getting to the point where they really ravage my eyes, and my eyes are getting older.
1: (laughs) I know, I I know. One of one of the challenges of aging, but with glasses, though, it's a great opportunity to communicate your personality, though. Yes, too. So, you know, there, there are many options, and the key there is to really understand the shapes that work well for your face shape, because obviously there are certain shapes of glasses that are going to work well with certain face shapes, and, and that's, you know, when when, pe- when something looks off, it's, it's due to the fact that the person doesn't have the right shape on their face. Right.
2: Right. Have you encountered that where you've actually had to say to someone, you know, those glasses aren't so flattering. Let's go shop.
1: Oh, I've I've had to do it all. Hair, makeup, glasses, clothes. Yes, (gasps) all of it. All of it. And sometimes what's so funny with what I do now is I'm, I'm out and about and I travel a lot. Sometimes I just want to walk up to someone and say, here's my card call me? Or can I just make a few tweaks? So if that's what's really hard for me because I, I want to go out and fix everybody.
2: <laughs> oh, that is funny. That is funny. And does that work for you marketing wise? I mean, do people really call you when you do that?
1: No, I don't do it to them. I just want to do that. Oh, you want to? So,
2: I'm like, oh I my gosh.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I want to. I absolutely want to, but no, I would never do that. Uh, no, no. A couple of times I've done little tweaks like, if I've been at a party and I see I could tie someone's scarf better or their belt better, I'll just show them. I'll say, "Do you mind? Can I show you something really um, fun?" And then I'll and then I'll, I'll you know tie something, and they'll say, "Oh, that's so cool! Show me how to do that again, so I can do it when I leave." So I'll do little things like that.
2: Oh, that scarf thing. That scarf thing is a real bone of contention with me because some women can wear scarves and they look so creative and so fun. I put a scarf on and it's just looking silly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Because you have to know how to tie it. And there are so many different ways to tie it. Yeah. So I could probably do a whole workshop on how to tie scarves. So maybe that's something I'll do.
2: (laughs) There you go. That'd be a fun little uh, uh, workshop. Tell us a little bit about the Oprah event that you did.
1: Oh, it was we're we're calling it an Oprah style event. So it you know how Oprah does she loves to do the the makeovers on, on her show. Well yeah. we got inspired by that and did it with an organization called Leading Women in Rhode Island. And we took three different women from different industries and different age groups and made them over. And it was just a ton of fun. And and, uh, what was different with this was really took into account their lifestyle and their careers. So you know how the makeovers you see on TV a lot, they just make someone over and make them look better, but it doesn't necessarily suit their lifestyle or or where they're going with their life. So we wanted to make sure that we were accomplishing those two goals. And I worked with uh, three different women and just gave them a makeover and they had their hair and makeup done and then we did a big dinner and did a reveal and it was just a ton of fun and they looked amazing they looked absolutely amazing and were really pleased with the results
2: and do you hear back when you do an event like that about how it's changed their lives
1: um yes yes I've seen uh, one of the women in fact I went and did another presentation at her company and saw her and all of her colleagues were 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 telling me how fantastic she looked how how different she looked how great she looked and that she just seemed so much happier and more confident in her work environment
2: Oh that is just such a gift to be able to give to somebody amazing We are here with Margaret Batting, and Margaret is the CEO and founder of Elevay Image Consulting. And if you want to find Margaret, you can do that at www.elevay-style.com. Margaret, do you work pretty strictly with clients in the uh, Boston area, or are you everywhere?
1: Um, I do Boston, I do Massachusetts and when I'm traveling I meet with other clients as oh, well and I'm and All I'm
2: right. We're, we're going into a break. We'll bring Margaret back in just a moment.
0: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the million dollar mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. The Way of the Toddler with hosts Lita and Lori Hamilton is a show unlike any other parenting program you've ever heard. Zen masters in diapers? Yes. Join us Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central here on Toginet as we celebrate parenthood as a spiritual path for a journey to inner peace. With thought-provoking and spiritually compelling guests, each week Lita and Lori will explore how our children help us with the lessons we came here to learn, adding deeper meaning to our lives and relationships while giving you valuable gems to add to your unique parenting toolkit. Check out the website, thewayofthetoddler.com. With great humor and honesty, Lita and Lori will demonstrate how inner peace is possible, even when surrounded by poopy diapers and piles of laundry, and what we can learn from the innate wisdom and natural spirituality of our Zen masters in diapers. It's The Way of the Toddler with Lita and Lori Hamilton. Tuesday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, here on toginet.com. Come be a part of Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio. Her goal is to inspire you to be creative every day. Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central, on toginet.com. Pat lives and breathes being creative through her quilt design business, but her creativity and interests have no bounds. On her show, she'll be introducing us to guests through interviews and talks that have a creative life. We'll learn more about what goes on in the world of quilting. And since Pat, like many of us, is creative in many ways, she'll also introduce us to creative people and other crafts like knitting, crochet, paper arts, and lots more. Pat is also an author, a lecturer, designer, and cheerleader of many. She's tried her hand at making almost everything you can think of and does many crafts to keep her inspired to create. Check out her website, PatSloan.com. What makes Pat most happy is to inspire others to be creative every day. So join us for Pat Sloan's Creative Talk Radio, Monday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: What do you think so far? Do you think there's room to improve your personal brand? We're here with Margaret Batting of Elevay.com, ElevayStyle-Style.com. Margaret, you were saying that you work with uh, people in the Boston area, and then I had to cut you off as we went into break, so tell us more. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Massachusetts, Rhode Island really is is my base right now. Uh, When I'm traveling for a career builder, if, if I've got an interest in different cities then I'll try to coordinate uh, work with other people. So I've done some work out in San Francisco so and I'm trying to I'm in the process of expanding, trying to work virtually with people as well. And obviously if someone wants to apply me somewhere, I'm more than happy to do that as well. Mm.
2: Well, it sounds like your career is doing just fine in Massachusetts so <laughs> yes. sounds quite yes. busy.
1: Mm-hmm. Things. yes I, I am i am quite busy and I'm, I'm very pleased with with my business
2: yeah, and it, it does, it sounds I mean, you are changing lives because when you can step in and give somebody this kind of boost to feel good about themselves they can achieve things that they never would have thought they could achieve achieved before, I'm sure What are some of the success stories that you've had? Is, is there something that stands out for you and a client who's just changed his or her image and then come back and said Oh my God, Margaret, guess what happened? Well,
1: uh, you know, quite a few, and some of them may be as simple as, my husband finally noticed Mm. what I was wearing, which is huge, because as we know, a lot of men don't notice that much, and especially this was an older client, and she went through, she did a a total makeover at 60, and looked absolutely amazing, and her husband really started to notice, as did... A number of other people and i think that's really the biggest story i get back is when the client goes through the transformation their peers notice their family notices their bosses notice and and that's the impact that they're really looking for i had one client who was going through the company had been taken over uh by another company and a new CEO came in and this particular client was really nervous about the situation and we gave her a complete makeover. She had her first meeting with the CEO and she said she just, you know, knocked him dead. She felt amazing, she looked amazing and he thought she was amazing, so that's probably one of the the bigger successes. Mm,
2: that's exciting it's very exciting when people can see the shift uh, as a result of the work that you've done with them and that you get that feedback that's uh, that's wonderful and in a way we're kind of in the same boat whereas I'm a, a business coach for female entrepreneurs you know a lot of times we don't get to see the entire result of our work so when we do it's so gratifying really enjoy that
1: it is, and that's what I love is I, I feel as though I've been able, able to inspire people to reach their potential. And if I could go around the country and do this for free, I would because I, I love it so much. I can't afford that at this point, but I, I love that. I love being able to inspire people to reach their potential and have them feel their absolute best and it's such a joy because in in the corporate environment you don't always get that kind of reward and i and i feel like i'm doing my best work and i'm so passionate about it i love what i do yeah
2: and that just absolutely shows through so tell us on your website earlier as i was doing my due diligence i noticed that you talk about social media and um the personal website, portfolio, social media tools, that you can help people ensure that they project a positive professional online identity. How do you do that with your clients?
1: Well, I think, again, it goes back to consistency. And you want consistency in every aspect of your brand. And obviously, online is a very large component and with everybody communicating via Facebook and Twitter and every you know, blogging and all of that, it's making sure that not only do the visuals tie into to your overall brand, but also how you're communicating through those tools so there are there are a number of exercises we go through to figure out a you know what is your brand because a lot of people don't have a personal brand so first we go through that step then we need to analyze what content is out there already about you and is it all good content because sometimes there's content out there that isn't uh positive. So we wanna be able to mitigate those types of of situations and then, you know, pull together how do you how do you wanna be how do you wanna represent yourself out there? And so there it's a multiple step process to go through.
2: And so how would someone who perhaps isn't ready for your help or the help of an expert, how would they sit down and begin to analyze what their personal brand is and begin to develop that? What are a few first steps?
1: Well, I think they have to, to start thinking about how first, I guess the first question they would ask themselves is, how do I want to be perceived and then the second question is, what do I want to be known for? And then start writing down some words that really resonate with them. And I would say that's, that's really how to start getting the ball rolling. And then the other thing is look at other people either in your industry or people that uh, you – really think are great successes and, and start looking at their image and how they portray themselves online and, and what does their brand say to you. And that's a way to start the process. It's kind of hard to do it on your own yeah. because you, you can't look at yourself objectively. It's almost impossible to do that. So you may want to ask some of your friends, you know, what are the first three to five words that come to mind when when you see me? or when someone mentions my name.
2: And that's a great idea. And then when you go into social media, you're basically going to take that story and just keep building
1: on it. Right, right. Yeah. And again, consistency Consistency is really the key with branding. You want to make sure at every single touch point that the, the client is having the same experience. So I always need to make sure when I'm working with my clients, you know, I'm always looking the same, like they don't see me in PJ pants and flip flops one time and a suit <laughs> the next time, and uh-huh. that the experience is always, always the same.
2: So talk a little bit more about that in in terms of fashion that you always dress the same. So does that mean whenever you see a client, you're in a suit?
1: No, no, it it, it well it depends it it, it definitely depends on on what it is that we're doing but I'm always professionally dressed I'm always stylishly dressed I'm always pulled together so from you know the top of my head to the tip of my toe to my car I mean when you think about all all of the things that make up your your uh, image or your brand it's not just your appearance it's you know, the type of uh, phone that you carry it's your car it's how clean your car is both inside and out it's your voicemail message it's your email message it's really every touch point or anything someone can see about you you want to make sure it's, it's on brand and it's communicating yeah. a consistent message. And at first this may seem overwhelming to people. They'll be like, "Oh my god, I can barely get out of the get out of my house in the morning. I have three kids. How can I be thinking about all of these things?" But it's it's just being aware and starting the process. And and once you start it and you bite off little chunks, eventually you'll you'll complete, you know, the whole the whole pie.
2: Well, you've struck a chord with me there, Margaret, because I have to confess, I'm driving around in my car with, like, dog saliva all over the windows, and it's been bothering me lately, so I think I'm going to have to get a car wash today. (laughs) So true, so true. And, you know, I'm a very visual person. So, for me, when when you're going through that less, list and I'm thinking, wow, you know, there are a lot of elements to this. I see myself with a big piece of, like, poster board, writing down voicemail message, car, phone, you know, mobile phone, shoes. Are my shoes polished? And just kind of making a big master, you know, uh, Sort of a mind map of all of these different areas. Do you ever work with your clients visually
1: like that? Uh, doing, I usually do not to that degree, but I do a lot of summaries and lists for my clients so that they'll remember them. And okay. one of one of the things I do is, you know, we talked about those words earlier. What I will do is, I will print out their their style words for them in their specific color, and then they can put that in their closet or on their mirror so that they see those words every day, and it's a trigger to ensure that they're always on brand. And then I have an appearance checklist that I also give to them, and, you know, you just quickly go through the list just to make sure you've covered everything.
2: Wow. So give us an idea of some of the kinds of things that are on the appearance checklist.
1: So it's kind of what I mentioned before. You know, you start at the top of your head and you go to the tip of your toe. So, yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of people will will take time and, and dress themselves from the chin down, and then they race out the door and don't blow dry their hair or put on makeup. Oh, I know, right? And when you think about that, your your face, your head is your communication center. That's where you want people focused. So if your hair is a mess and you're not looking as appealing as you could, people aren't necessarily going to be listening to what you're saying. Because yeah. it becomes a distraction. So you want that to be appealing so people are listening to what you're saying. The goal is to get people to hear what you're saying. And on the radio, it's a little different because there's, there aren't any visuals. But when you're in a conversation with someone, you're usually attracted to people who are well put together and who yes. are also appealing and smiling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Margaret, this has been so interesting and so much fun. We have about 30 seconds left in the show. Why don't you tell our listeners uh, whatever it is you'd like to end with and where they can find you for your services, because I think there are a lot of people out there, including me, who could use them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would love, uh, if anybody has follow-up questions... Obviously, they can go to Elevate-Style.com and ask me any questions. On my website, I actually have Ask the Expert. So I welcome any questions, and I answer all of my emails. I also have a blog, so I'm always updating the blog with new information, as well as I have a Facebook uh, presence. So if people want to fan me on Facebook, they can find me, Margaret Batting, Elevate Image Consulting.
2: Thank you so much, Margaret. This has been so, so much fun. I look forward to staying in touch.
0: Great. Thank Thank I do too, Marla. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there.